Welcome to Swing Left Nebraska. We are the regional chapter of Swing Left, 100% run by grassroots volunteers dedicated to fighting for a more equitable, inclusive, and prosperous Nebraska and motivating Democratic-leaning voters to vote. When we don't vote, when we don't get engaged, get involved, or stand up for what we believe in, we're effectively giving up our power. Action is the antidote. When we collaborate, work together, support each other and our shared values, we can make our voices heard, make an impact, and inspire others to join the fight. Swing Left Nebraska offers you the information, actionable ideas, and tools you need to advocate for progressive legislation and to help elect Democratic candidates who will fight for the common good for all Nebraskans. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Welcome to the Swing Left Nebraska podcast, where we explore ways to build a more progressive and equitable future for all Nebraskans. My name is Leah. I'm a volunteer with Swing Left and your host. Our mission is to activate and engage people across the state to get involved in the political process and to work towards creating a more just and inclusive society. Whether you're a seasoned activist or just starting to get involved, the Swing Left Nebraska podcast is your source for inspiration, education, and actionable ways that you can get involved and make your voice heard. Cindy Maxwell Osdeck joins us again to unpack the unicameral from last week and discuss what we can expect this week. We have a lot to get into, so let's do a show. All right, Cindy, we are back again to unpack the unicameral. Here is our obligatory. It's been a doozy of a week, but it has (laughs) been a doozy of a week. The legislator gave final approval Wednesday to a bill, LB-77, allowing Nebraskans to carry concealed weapons without a permit. Melody Vaccaro, executive director of Nebraskans Against Gun Violence, shouted, shame, 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 multiple times immediately after senators voted Wednesday to approve Legislative Bill 77, proposed by State Senator Tom Brewer of Gordon. The proposal, approved 33 to 14, is Brewer's long-fought effort to remove permit and training requirements for concealed carry of a handgun. Vaccaro told the Nebraska examiner that she was asked to leave the Capitol and that the Nebraska State Patrol served her with a banned and barred notice, restricting access except for scheduled appointments. She told the examiner, I would understand when you make an outburst. Spirit takes you and you make an outburst. Of course, they're going to escort you out and you're going to have to leave. That seems pretty reasonable, she said. But what followed was not reasonable, Vaccaro said. She said it takes away her First Amendment rights and restricts her access to legislative or other government proceedings. She said other members of the public who have openly carried AR-15s in the Capitol or threatened senators have not been given similar restrictions. To Vaccaro, Wednesday's actions follow a string of silencing of Nebraskans this session, including limiting public testimony 
or how many questions senators may ask at hearings. She told the examiner, I just think this is kind of the new norm that we're under. She said, this is the new legislator, and I think it's going to get worse and worse. Now, I know you were not present when this all went down, Cindy, but I know you have some strong feelings and thoughts that you have in regards to this situation. I do. I do. And thank you so much again for having me th today to talk a little bit about what's been happening at the legislature and what we're looking at next week. I think it's so important that everyday Nebraskans are really taking a hard look at how their senator is voting, what kind of legislation they're supporting, because these decisions are going to impact all of our families going forward. And it's fast moving. I know everyone keeps saying that the legislature is moving slow because of this ongoing filibuster, but the session is progressing fast. On Tuesday, they come back into session. It'll be day 67 of the 90-day session. And so it is moving fast. And this 77 Senator Brewer's bill regarding concealed carry is something he's worked on for six years or maybe even longer. Seven, I think he said. So he's brought it every year in different forms, trying to get this passed. And uh, the legislature has rejected it for all these years because it is wild for a lot of Americans to think that we want to loosen gun regulations, especially with all of the violence that we see across the country. And we've had shootings in Nebraska as well. This bill, if we look closely, is not just regarding where you can carry a gun hiding it under your coat or in your purse or something like that. It is preemption regarding local laws. So the bill actually is provide for carrying of concealed handguns without a permit, chain provisions relating concealed weapons. And then this last part of the sentence is important. It says, and prohibit certain regulation of weapons by cities, villages, and counties. And that has always been the sticking point up until this year. Not only local law enforcement Leadership, Chief Schmatterer, the chief from Lincoln, the mayors of Omaha and Lincoln, they've opposed this and they still do. But over time, I think that the amendments and the threading of the needle to get this passed just finally came to fruition this year. And it is really disappointing. I, again, want to say I'm someone who supports the Second Amendment. My family has weapons. My husband has a concealed carry permit. He took the training. But we're concerned to think that there will be people who are hearing concealed weapons and they've not gone through the very least process as far as a permit and training. And if they were able to achieve these guns through private sale or through their family, they're not going to be people that law enforcement are able to track. And I don't want to say track in like a big brother type of way, but I mean, if there is an incident and the police come and they don't know who are the good guys and who are the bad guys, and they're faced with people openly or concealed carry with their weapons, it's just recipe for disaster. We've seen statistics in other states where they pass these bills and the injury and death toll raises. So the facts are borne out when we look at experience in other states, and it's unfortunate to think that's going to happen here in Nebraska too. I am someone who was opposed to this legislation and I wished that it had not passed, and I understand Melody's reaction to the reality of it. And I am very concerned that the Nebraska State Troopers have given this ban 
to someone who has been diligent working on trying to increase safety for Nebraskans. And Melody is someone who has been a very active member of the Nebraska Second House. And to be restricted from the Capitol and the grounds for life, this just can't stand. It can't stand. I think there's a lot of people that were not aware that the Nebraska State Troopers had this authority. And of course, we rely on them to keep everybody in the Capitol safe. That's not the question. Melody was not threatening anybody. She did not have a weapon. If you even want to talk about decorum, she didn't swear. She didn't call out a certain senator. She just shamed them. Yeah, and she wasn't even arrested either, right? No. In fact, when you look at the video, because there's some video online from one of the reporters that was in the legislature that day, and then there was a couple of people that recorded on their personal phones in the balcony. When you watch, she's standing up, was just chilling to hear the disgust and sorrow and anger in her voice when she shamed the senators. And she was standing already, and there's a sergeant at arms, one of the people in the red coats that you can see coming over to her in the balcony. She picks up her purse and she peacefully follows him out. There was no ruckus. There was no resistance. You don't see her trying to resist or hit him or anything like that. Just peacefully followed him out. And I don't know what most people think would be the result. I don't know if someone might think you fill out a form and Maybe you have a fine or maybe you have to leave for that day. But to be barred for life is not reasonable. And it's really something that makes me angry when I think about how there are people regularly walking in the halls of our Capitol with guns. That is dangerous to me. That's threatening. That's intimidation. And I understand that the senators would not have wanted to be shamed. That's uncomfortable. And it's inconvenient. It disrupted for a few minutes during the session that day. But we, as Nebraskans who watch Nebraska public media, never even saw it. It was muted. So we didn't hear her comment from the balcony. And the camera on Nebraska public media for the live stream never even hand up to see the balcony. So most Nebraskans don't even realize this all happened. So I'm hoping that the senators will correct this and make sure going forward that people aren't being arbitrarily restricted from their second house responsibilities and their First Amendment rights by the Nebraska State Troopers. I hope that this is corrected and, and rectified going forward as well, because it is just a through line that we've seen where they're restricting everyone's ability to testify or to even be in the balcony. I hope that Melody is wrong that the string of these actions of silencing Nebraska this session is becoming the new normal. I hope it does not become the new normal. I hope that this wakes people up to mm -hmm. see what is going on and hopefully there's enough pushback so that this does not happen again. I would just say that it would be a good idea for everyone to pick up the phone even today whenever you hear this podcast and call your senator and tell them that they should rectify this. Yeah, I think any time that you can pick up the phone or reach out to your senator, when you see something that is not right, call it out and call your senator and let them know how you feel because it's not okay to silence Nebraskans and we do not want this to become the new normal. Mm -hmm. So 
moving on to 574, the anti-trans bill, I understand you have some updates that you'd like to discuss. Yes, 574 has actually been the overarching bill that's been on everyone's mind all these many weeks. And there were a few updates this week. Senator Conrad, who I really admire, is someone who followed up and dug in to try to find more information about the State Board of Health. It was very interesting when the letter was read from the floor by Senator Bosselman during a debate because no one had seen this letter. It was something that was like informally printed and shared. I stopped by Senator Bosselman's office later that day to get a copy because I was very surprised to hear that the State Board of Health would oppose position by all of the major medical organizations, not just nationally, but even Nebraska Medical Association, the Nebraska Association of Pediatrics, the Nebraska Nurse Association. It just was surprising to me. And so I was really glad to see that Senator Conrad had dug into that and did a FOIA request to find more information about how that letter came about. And it seems like it was irregular how it was handled. Surprise! <laughs> so that was an article in the Nebraska Examiner this week. And I'm really hoping that the senators all read that article closely and reflect again on the positions of all the major medical organizations about this particular health care and how important it is, and that it's not something that should be decided in the legislature. So there's that piece. And then on the floor of the legislature, we've heard, like Senator Kavanaugh and Senator Hunt has said actually several times that they were being careful about their focus with their filibuster and what they were saying, because there were things going on in the background regarding 574. And I'm not privy, right? I don't know exactly what that means. And so it was really interesting to read in the Omaha World Herald this morning that there is a team of senators that are all speaking about 574 in the background. And basically, this group representing supporters and opponents, Senator Cowles called them the A-team. And trivializing it doesn't sit right with me, but anyway, that's what she calls it. But this group of lawmakers is talking about possible changes to determine the fate of this bill. And some of the proposed ideas include easing the bill's restrictions on transgender youth who are already undergoing care or adding mental protection. But there's, it's a possibility there'll be no changes. The thing that's concerning to me when they start talking about grandfathering people who are already receiving this care is that it would mean that people who need this care, children needing this care going forward, would be discriminated against. Then I think it's important that people remind themselves that this legislation is to restrict health care only from transgender youth. The similar health care that might be needed by cisgender youth is not being restricted. It's only for transgender youth that this care would be restricted. And all major medical organizations are opposing this bill. Nebraska medical organizations are opposing this bill. And is something that the legislature should not be passing, let alone negotiating. That's just, that's my two cents on it. Basically, it was interesting to see that the senators included in this group that are talking about it, Senator Health, Speaker Arch, Senator John Kavanaugh, John Fredrickson, Lynn Walls, Ben Hansen, Tom Brazy, and Teresa Ibach. They met three times last week and they plan to meet at least once more this week. And of the things discussed in the article, the only suggestion I thought 
might be really valuable would be Senator John Fredrickson. He opposes 574, but he suggested Nebraska lawmakers could conduct an interim study to examine the impacts of similar legislation elsewhere. He said, I think there's still a lot we need to learn. I think that is a really good idea. It would give the senators more facts to consider what is actually happening so that they wouldn't be swayed by the information, by some of these, um, their quacks. Some of the studies and things are just really not worthy of the legislature to be considering. The studies that Senator Count has brought forward have been debunked. And this hateful legislation should not be passed in the Nebraska legislature based on any lawmakers having a faulty understanding of what's actually happening. If they're going to put the brakes on and still pass any sort of version of 574, I would be able to support Senator Fredrickson's idea that it would be turned into an interim study so that they can truly understand the impact of this and then really realize what important health care this is for Nebraskans. Still some things up in the air when it comes to this bill. Do we know when the, is it the second debate is, or is it the third debate that we're already on for this one? Yeah, we're on third debate for oh, this wow. because the, if you remember last week, if you remember two weeks ago, that is when they passed second round. And it was the chaos that had erupted when Senator Hunt had removed her blocking motions to allow Senator Kalth to bring forward the amendment that would only restricted this transgender health care regarding surgery. And again, when I bring up surgery, I want to make sure everyone understands we're not talking about any children's genitalia. That does not happen with children. All of this care, whether it's therapy, puberty blockers, hormones, or even what they call top surgery, would always be conducted with parental consent. Always. And the very few, what they, there's no like actual number from the state, what Senator Jacobson found out a couple of weeks ago and shared on the floor of the legislature is that he was told it could be up to three Nebraska children a year that would be receiving what they call top surgery. No one knows the exact number. And it's exceedingly rare though. And there are cisgender children that have top surgery. It's also consented by their parents. And that's in cases where, say, a girl who's a signed girl, assigned female at birth, might have reduction surgery because they have excessive breast tissue and it affects their posture or their back or for their sports or their confidence. Sometimes it may be even augmentation. And then there's also boys, children that are assigned male at birth that are born with ex and that grow up and have excessive breast tissue. It's called gynecomasty, and that surgery is something that would not be restricted. Again, they're only talking about health care that is restricted for transgender children, and that's why it's discriminatory. Absolutely. Absolutely. We get to report on a couple good bills that will advance, that will help everyday Nebraskans. So that's exciting. I wish that was more of the focus anyway, right? <laughs> I, I know. So a change here. Uh, B-84, a bill to maintain SNAP benefit assistance for 10,000 Nebraskans is headed to the full legislator. This bill helps Nebraskans access by attaining a 2021 change that addresses the SNAP cliff effect. The cliff effect happens when SNAP participants lose more resources and SNAP benefits than they gain in income after taking a raise or getting more hours, et cetera, et cetera. 
So if this bill doesn't pass, 10,000 Nebraskans will lose their benefits in September. I'm getting the feeling that it has a very good chance of passing. What are your thoughts? I'm crossing my fingers for sure. And I do recommend that everybody, again, get on the phone or send an email and talk with your senator about how important this legislation is. Senator Day has really done a good job of helping us all understand that not only will this affect adults, but this will impact children too. These benefits for families that need this assistance, they're feeding children too. I think most of us of the good conscience don't want anyone in our state to be hungry, let alone children. And this is just something that they should have not even resisted. It should have been passed as non-controversial, that's for sure. But it originally was Senator McAllister's bill. In the past, it had been vetoed by Governor Ricketts. It had been vetoed and it was overcome. It was overridden by the legislature. And I get a little frustrated that some of these bills are sunset and so that they do keep coming back up. If we believe this is good policy, it's something we should put in place and continue. That's my opinion. But I do hope that they can bring this to the floor. I don't know if it'll be individually or standalone type of bill or if it's going to be wrapped up in one of these omnibus or packages that they've been working on. So either way, I really do hope that they pass that and continue making sure that these families can have enough food to eat. Yeah, I agree. And another bill that would benefit many Nebraskans is a bill introduced by Senator Holcraft that would increase Medicaid personal expenses and that advance. Tell me about that. I've been following Senator Holcroft's bill. It's LB 590, actually. And it was to increase the personal allowance for people in people on Medicaid, blind, aged, blind, or disabled. And it would increase these allowances for people who are in long-term care situations. And the program right now is at $60 a month. So if you imagine $60 a month, and again, everyone on Medicaid in these long-term situations have had to spend down their personal wealth to even be eligible for Medicaid, right? So you don't have money in the bank to, to spend on personal expenses. Say that you're an elderly person, maybe in a nursing home or long-term care facility, and you have gifts for your grandkids or your great-grandkids or some of the things talked about in some of the news articles were for your haircut or if you want wine with your evening TV that you're watching or for whatever reason, $60 a month does not go very far. And he proposed raising it to 100 per month. That has been a fiscal note for this year, 2023-24. Fiscal year would have been $2.6 million and Fiscal year 24-25 would have been $3.5 million. We'll talk about putting that in perspective to all the other tax cuts and things going on, let alone our surplus. These dollars would really help these Medicaid recipients. That $100 that was negotiated down to $75, that's what's in the bill at this point that they're trying to pass. So the fiscal note would be even less. And it's only $15 more this personal allowances these people would be receiving, but those $15 could make the difference between maybe a haircut every other week instead of just once a month. Or it could be the difference between having the ability to buy small gifts for all of your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, or just maybe only being able to send a card. We're not talking very big dollars, but it could make a big difference to these people. I don't know. I'm excited about that. 
it's not a large portion of our budget in our state, but it, it is something that impacts people in a really personal way. Absolutely. So. And it's fun to be able to talk about some bills that are moving forward, like I said, that are going to be impacting Nebraskans in a positive way. Looking forward to next week, we've got a couple big bills on the menu, starting with 626 debate happening on Thursday. What can you tell the audience about that? Either. I think it's important, if possible, to, of course, be calling and emailing your senator about your views on our reproductive freedom here in Nebraska. But if you can show up in person and show the legislature how important this is, hopefully it would give them pause about potentially restricting our reproductive rights any further. Nebraska currently has a restriction on abortion past approximately 20 weeks. And the Bill 626 would take it to six weeks with some exceptions that they're proposing regarding rape and incest. The exceptions we found in other states actually don't, in reality, make abortion available to most of the people that are in those positions. And at six weeks, there are too many people that don't even know that they're pregnant. So it's just really not feasible to say that a six-week abortion ban with exceptions is going to meet the health care needs of Nebraskans. Senator Reby has talked about his amendment, which would be a 12-week ban, but it didn't include exception for rape or incest. He believed that too many people would be saying or declaring that they were raped and it would have too many consequences for men in Nebraska being charged. So this is what we're looking at. I think that the senators should kill this bill and move forward on other priorities in our state. The majority of Nebraskans do not want to restrict it any further. And in fact, there was just some recent information that was made available as far as how these bans are affecting residency for doctors across the country. For states where they're implementing restrictive abortion bans, there are less students applying for residency in those states, especially with the OBGYN focus, and that could impact Nebraska, we're already facing a shortage of physicians in our state. There are many counties that have no physicians, let alone with the specialty of OBGYN. There's more counties in Nebraska without physicians than there are that do have that health care available. So I just really think we can't afford to drive more doctors away from our state. And I'm hoping that the senators will say no to this and we can move forward. We just have a few remaining weeks in the session and we have so much important work to do. Fingers, toes, eyeballs, they're all crossed. But in addition to crossing all the things, yes, like you said, and make sure you show up on Thursday if you can, continue to call your senator, reach out to other senators as well and let your voice be heard to push back against this egregious bill. The Supreme Court did not support the block from that judge in Texas about the medication abortion, right. that medicine, that prescription. And it's really only temporarily stayed still at the Supreme Court level. We also saw that the House of Representatives in Congress had voted against abortion medication. Is We really don't work hard to protect our rights here in Nebraska, it could be much worse going down the road. I think that there's a lot of people that are very relieved that this medication abortion medication is still available. 
across the country, but it is not in states where it's been banned. We want to make sure that we protect that here in Nebraska too. Absolutely. So another egregious bill that is on the menu for next week is LB535. The Nebraska legislator is expected to debate a measure that imposes photo identification requirements on every Nebraska voter. According to the Omaha World Herald, efforts to carry out the institutional amendment requiring voter ID appear to have hit a disagreement in the Nebraska legislator. The issue comes from a constitutional amendment that passed overwhelmingly last year requiring voters to present a valid photo ID before casting a ballot in any election. The amendment left it to lawmakers, left it to lawmakers to determine how the requirement should be carried out. Now, Senator Slama offered two major rewrites. One, that would have required the notaries sign mail-in ballots and voters present ID documents that prove their citizenship. The second would retain the requirement for voters to show ID documents and prove citizenship and require the Secretary of State to verify the citizenship of registered voters. The proposal would have witnesses instead of notaries and sign mail-in ballot envelopes attesting that they had verified the voters' identity. The other proposal was developed by Senator Brewer, would allow a wider range of photo documents that would be accepted to prove identity, including expired documents. Slama has refused. She has refused to accept Brewer's proposal, calling it unconstitutional because it would allow people to vote without a photo ID. Either way, time is running out for lawmakers to deal with the voter ID mess that they have created. What are your thoughts on all this? Oh my goodness. I am very concerned about this because this has been passed by the voters. It is necessary that we make sure that we follow through, but don't want to implement laws that restrict more voters that are going to already be impacted by this. And I word that carefully because there's data. We have it from other states. This law will impact some voters' rights. And we want to make sure that we minimize that as much as possible. I'm sad that here in our state, we have even come to the point where we're implementing these changes. We don't have fraud. It's impressed. Secretary mm-hmm. Ethnan has been very clear about this. There have been presentations. You can go to the Nebraska government website for the Secretary of State, and he has that presentation actually still up. But Senator Brewer has been careful. He wants to make sure, like a lot of people don't understand, this is going to impact the elderly and rural Nebraskans in a really large way. And he is trying to be careful that we're not going to be restricting the ability for elderly Nebraskans in like retirement homes or nursing homes or homebound from being able to exercise their right to vote. And we know that in many rural counties, the Department of Motor Vehicle offices are closed often for lack of staffing. In fact, there were like six counties, I think, recently that were closed for weeks in a row, still here through May 2nd. So this is something that we have to be realistic. And the impact for Senator Slama to say that this special amendment regarding citizenship is just We're wanting to make sure that they stick to the actual wording of the amendment that was passed. I am very concerned about this. I think it's very important that everyone be in touch with their senator. 
I'm predicting this will be on Wednesday. We've been hearing that this is going to come up this week. The agenda for Tuesday is already on the website, and we know Thursday is being devoted to the abortion bill. So I think this will be on Wednesday, that this will probably be in front of the legislature. And it is so important that these senators have clear heads about how this will impact voters for foreseeable future. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is extremely important that we pay attention to what's going on with this. Like you said, Bob Evnen, who is Nebraska's secretary, has acknowledged that the state has had not one problem with voter fraud, let alone any cases of people trying to impersonate others so they could vote. And that's the type of fraud that would be prevented with this voter ID. They're trying to solve a problem that isn't even a problem. And what's going to happen is it is going to cause more problems. It's going to prevent many Nebraskans from being able to cast their ballot. So this is very important that we pay attention. And like you said, we're not entirely sure when the official day is, but I think your spidey senses are probably right that it's going to be on Wednesday. Yes. And when we talk about these omnibus bills or these packages that they've been putting through lately, I wish they would add LB20 somewhere into these bills that are passing through the legislature. And that's Senator Wayne's bill that would restore voting rights for any Nebraskans completing their felony sentence or their probation for felony. Currently, there's an arbitrary two-year waiting period after you complete your felony sentence and probation. And that is something that should be fixed. And so I'm really hoping that the senators can see their way clear to move forward on Senator Wayne's LB20 at some point during the session, too. Absolutely. And we don't have any update with where that's at right now, correct? No, I looked recently. There's been a few more senators, uh, I guess maybe one recently that had added their name to that bill. Senator Vargas added his name. Currently, we have Dungan, Raybold, Hunt, Day, Blood, Conrad, and McDonald. Senator McDonald has signed on to Senator Wayne's bill as well. Oh, that's interesting. Wow, 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 wow. It just makes sense. People shouldn't lose their rights to vote. If they're a citizen and eligible to vote, they shouldn't lose that based on a felony conviction. But since Nebraska does currently restrict that, we should definitely restore anyone's rights as soon as they've completed that sentence. I 100% agree. Cindy, as we come to an end of this episode, do you have any final thoughts or final call to action for our audience? I think that the senators are really barreling towards the end of the session at this point. And it's important that everyone really try to be engaged as possible. And if it's a little overwhelming to look at some of these bills that are having a lot of other bills added into them. So at least just being in contact with your senator in a general way and letting them know your priorities for your business, your priorities for your family as a Nebraskan, hearing for your neighbors. What are the things that are important to you so that they can make sure that they understand these values that we have while they're making these decisions? And I just like to bring up again that all of the senators that are in odd number districts will be up for election this next cycle. So it's important to also be considering if you are someone that would be a good senator and would like to run for an odd number district, or if you know anyone, that is something, if you could, get started on very soon. The sooner the better. Yeah. There's some of us, like I was in a district where we were waiting for redistricting and I had a late start when I ran for legislature. 
I didn't start till December and the primary was in May. So that was like a five short month window before the primaries. I was in a district though that only had two candidates. And so we both knew we would get through to the general. That is not always the case. So if anyone is thinking of looking at run for legislature in an odd number district, I would really suggest getting started soon. There you have it, folks. So call to action. Keep calling. Keep reaching out to your senators. Show up on Wednesday or Thursday for the voter suppression bill and the anti-abortion bill. Keep paying attention to what's going on through the many avenues through the Nebraska Legislative Study Group page for, to get your updates. And then, like Cindy had mentioned, also consider making a run for it. If you're listening to this podcast, I would assume that you generally are invested in what's going on and want to make a change and want to be a part of the change that we want to see here in Nebraska. So definitely consider looking into being that change and running for a seat. We need good people, good informed citizens to represent Nebraska and make those changes and make that impact that we're all desiring. So with that being said, I think we'll wrap this episode up. Cindy, thank you again for taking the time last week to go down to the Capitol to continue to stay informed, to be a part of the process, and then bringing all your wealth of knowledge back to our audience and letting us know what's going on from a perspective of someone who is actually really in the room. We really appreciate your time and all of your information that you bring back to us. So thank you. Thank you. And that concludes this episode of Swing Left Nebraska. We hope that you found this discussion informative and thought-provoking. One of the best ways to stay informed and share important information with others is by sharing this podcast. By sharing this pod with your friends, family, and social media networks, you can help spread the word about the important work being done by grassroots organizers, activists, and candidates in Nebraska. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Swing Left Nebraska on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. Remember, the work of creating a more just and equitable society is ongoing, and it requires all of us to stick together, stay engaged, and informed. Let's mobilize. Let's take action. Let's go. Ready, set. Go! Get ready to go!